You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence, and Trello help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually, we're great, but together, we're so much better. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com, A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com, Atlassian. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. I was traveling internationally last year. I was in Mallorca. I didn't know the island well. I said, let me head to the north, head towards the water. Let me go on Hotels.com and see what they have available. Something preferably on the beach, maybe even a gym. Not only did I get those things, there was a kid's session with exercise, gymnastics in the water, pony rides, a train. It had everything, and I didn't even want any of those things. But at least I knew they were there just in case I changed my mind. And now finding the perfect hotel has never been easier thanks to the Hotels.com app. Whether you're looking for a family-friendly, right, all-inclusive or a relaxing spa weekend, you can find exactly what you need and compare hotel prices, ratings, and amenities side by side. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app. Shouldn't you be at work? It's a lovely chip! Oh, it's a brilliant goal! From Lord Pohino! Still it's not away. Southgate shot. Milosevic scores! Now you know him better than anybody probably. Do you back him to score quickly, yes or no? Yes. Oh, Hello and welcome to Quickly Kevin, Will He Score? I'm Chris Skull and welcome to another Quickly Kevin fan club bonus episode excerpt voted on by you. It is Football Italia, Gazetta Football Italia. But before uh, we introduce that episode, I have some big news. We have firmed up the dates for the new series of Quickly Kevin. It will drop for fan club members on the 2nd of October and be on the main feed for everybody else on the 9th of October. And the first guest... Sir Gary Lineker, the face of Walker's Crisps, will be joining us. And we've actually been recording all the new episodes uh, these last couple of weeks. And we recorded one just a few days ago uh, with a fantastic 90s footballer. And as soon as he finished the interview with us, he went off for a drink with Richard Keyes. I really feel like the circle is closing. And I also feel like we could probably get Keyesy on if we wanted it. But we won't because I'm simply too scared. So that's it. The new series of Quickly Kevin will be out on the main feed on the 9th of October and a week earlier for Quickly Kevin fan club members. Now, we put this episode to the vote last week. Your choices were Phil Daniels talking about Chelsea, going to games with Blur in the 90s, Sam Allardyce talking about managing a semi-professional club in Ireland through to the glory days of Bolton, and Gazetta Football Italia. And Gazetta Football Italia has absolutely run away with it. 71.2% of the vote. Here it is. We reminisce about what it was like 
to watch Gazetta Football Italia in its 90s pomp with James Richardson. It was a hell of a programme and this was a hell of a watch-along. Remember, if you want to get this whole episode, what you're about to hear is a little kind of 20-25 minute excerpt. If you want to get this whole episode, you can sign up for the Quickly Kevin fan club at anotherslice.com forward slash quicklykevin. Enough chat. Here it is. A watch along. Gazetta Football Italia. So we've watched six clips of Football Italia uh, that you'll hear throughout the show as a way of kind of talking about what it meant to us. Because we, we realised we've always mentioned it. We interviewed James Richardson, but we've never ourselves discussed what it meant to us. And I just... Almost more than anything we've ever watched, this felt so like the warm bath of pure nostalgia. Do you know what I mean? Like, it transported me back more than anything else I think we've ever done. I listened back to the James Richardson episode yesterday in preparation for this. It was obviously brilliant, and I'd forgotten how much kind of great insight he gave us, but we sort of talked so little about what we loved about that show because we were kind of there was like kind of deference and like oh my god it's James Richardson in the room we were so kind of giddy to be there that actually we covered so little of the things I remember about that show and the things yeah. that were kind of like important to me watching it as a kid do you want a contrary opinion oh, oh come on <laughs> I'm the man who had Sky but the thing was like I, you have a go at me Josh because I always say I want English teams to do well in Europe at the risk of breaking up this uh nostalgia love fest like I the, the kind of interclub rivalry breaks down for me because I just I want the English league to be the best league oh, and I God, loved Gazzetta Football Italia but yeah. it was a reminder of me as we'll get into I was always like ah oh, they're just getting the best players and it, it, it like it. it made the product that I would watch and love it, I knew it was inferior so when I was whenever I'd watch James Richardson talk about what was happening in the Italian league it was always a bit through gritted teeth because I was like, this league is better than our league. Like these players, they, do they, they dominate Europe. Why I didn't do know it care? would bother me. It would bother me. I loved Football Italia so much and Serie A so much that I remember in the 1994 World Cup, I actively supported Italy against Ireland <laughs> because I because <laughs> Italy were my second team. I remember watching. I had a roundup of Italia 90. The BBC. I'm sure we could find it, and I'd happily do a uh, watch along of it. The BBC did like. At the Christmas of 1990, they did, like, a round-up of the whole tournament, which I think was hosted by Dez in a, in a deserted San Siro stadium. But I wouldn't watch England's penalties against West Germany because I found it too painful. But I kept this on video, and I'd watch it now and again. And then I adopted the outlook that I wouldn't even watch Italy being eliminated because they meant so much to me as well. You've taken this too far. I loved Italian football so much. I had a tinge of... When Gaza left, I was genuinely... like To go to Italy or to come back? To when he went to Lazio from Spurs. Even though I'm a West Ham fan, obviously, we hate Tottenham. Like, I was about 45%. Oh, this is cool. There's an English player. Like, I do love it when English players play abroad. And I love when we had Ince and David Platt. But I, in the majority, I was sad that these players weren't going to be playing in English grounds anymore. Who cares? It's I such a weird thing, isn't it? It's... I love it. I still, I still get a little thrill when English players or British players play abroad. I just find it quite exciting that Kieran Trippier played for Atletico Madrid. Yeah, I know what you mean. When Owen Hargreaves was playing at Bayern Munich, he never yeah. even played in England, and he was in the England team. It was so yeah. like so, it was scintillating. I actually think Jude Bellingham can't be as good as I imagine him because <laughs> well, look at Jaden Sancho. He came, but he don't never come back. English players don't really go to Italy, do they anymore? No. Well, why would you? Yeah. 
Aaron Ramsey's there, obviously. He's Welsh, but he's there. I don't feel the same way as Chris. Like I abs- I love it when foreign players go abroad. I remember being weirdly obsessed with Jonathan Woodgate's time at Real Madrid and just kind of really willing him to do well. And every time he... I think he had an appalling game once where he sort of got... Perhaps even scored an own goal and got a red I card. I might be misremembering that. And I was like, oh, no. It's like he was representing us on a sort of like foreign yeah. school away trip. But I felt the same way about Syria. I, I didn't sort of feel the same way about the Italian team because... For me, the things I loved about uh, Italian football, Serie A, was it felt like they were sort of five to ten years ahead of the British game in terms of like all of the best foreign imports from around Europe and the world were there. So it was this amazing shot window yeah. pre-internet where you saw these exotic players that you'd only ever see at a tournament and you'd hear talk of you know original Ronaldo and you know Baggio and all of these guys. You'd be like, oh, this is. I hope there's a highlight of him on this week's episode. I also think because I didn't have Sky. I didn't have maybe the loyalty to the Premier League as a, pathetically Skull said earlier, as a product, um, <laughs> which made me feel physically sick in my own mouth. Because <laughs> I didn't have that. I I actually preferred the players to play in Italy because it actually meant I had more chance of watching them in a weird way. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I also thought it felt like a... Just, it felt like a romantic different place where of course they had all the stars because football mattered more in Italy and I think that comes across in our first clip which is the most iconic thing that happened on Cosetta Football Italia the newspapers and the fact that in Italy they had newspapers dedicated purely to sport and from what you could tell that those sport newspapers were dedicated purely to football. And these were daily newspapers. And we never had that in the UK. And that felt to me that was the difference. These guys took their football far more seriously. I didn't realise it was daily. Oh, yeah, they were daily papers. Oh, yeah, really? I, think. I thought it was like a weekly thing. Yeah, they just me did too. Even now. Off. Even now, yeah. No, I thought, I think they were daily, yeah. Oh, it's a slightly pink as well. Slightly pink paper. Yeah, I loved that. Was the Gazetta della Sport? But do you know, when I was watching this clip back, I, I was doing. I, I went back to Saturday mornings as a kid, and like you see him look there talking yeah, about the paper. Just to about confirm, the it is daily. It is daily. It is to confirm. But do you not find yourself just watching the people in the background? Like, yeah, of course. Every, every time he would do that newspaper report, I'm just staring at like the guy behind him. Like I'm constantly fascinated. Like. Is the guy behind him like listening in? Can he speak a bit of English? Can he figure out? Is he getting a bit of gossip here? I don't know. Well, I suppose if you were sat in, I don't know, Soho Square and there was an Italian doing a piece to camera, you wouldn't really think anything of it, would you? You'd, yeah, keep, you'd look a few times, but you wouldn't think, oh, I wonder what this is. You'd think, I couldn't give a shit about that, <laughs> surely. Right, well, as Barry Venison once said to his hairdresser, that's enough highlights for now. Time instead for us to concentrate on the week's news and the papers over the last seven days, dominated once again by all the various player transfer rumours. First up, a deal that's been in the air really since last November. Here it is in uh, Tuesday's Gazetta de la Sport, Milan, where he's finally signed. Yes, Milan for £5 million, buying Paris Saint-Germain's centre forward, the Franco-Liberian George Weah, top scorer in the Champions League this year with eight goals in just ten games, and, of course, African Player of the Year, although... He is a French citizen despite that, as Milan's lawyers are quick to point out. Since, of course, here in Italy, you can only sign two players from outside the EEC, and Milan already have Boban and Savicevic. Proving where his Frenchness was crucial to the deal. However, they have now established that, and he signed for them on uh, Monday morning. Uh, delighted too about the deal. Here he is in the Gazetta. Here I am among the Martians. The dream has come true, says the uh, clearly very plain-speaking centre-forward. 
Well, now from one where to another where, that is, Giovanni Trapattoni will be working next season. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. I was traveling internationally last year. I was in Mallorca. I didn't know the island well. I said, let me head to the north, head towards the water. Let me go on Hotels.com and see what they have available. Something preferably on the beach, maybe even a gym. Not only did I get those things, there was a kid's session with exercise, gymnastics in the water, pony rides, a train. It had everything, and I didn't even want any of those things. But at least I knew they were there, just in case I changed my mind. And now finding the perfect hotel has never been easier thanks to the Hotels.com app. Whether you're looking for a family-friendly, right, all-inclusive or a relaxing spa weekend, you can find exactly what you need and compare hotel prices, ratings, and amenities side by side. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another thing about the piazza pieces that he would do with the newspaper, when he sat in that piazza, like, it's always sunny. It always looks lovely. And you're always like, oh, God, it doesn't easily yeah. look nice. And then it goes to the games, especially live games. Yes. And I always remember, it's always wet, grey. Yeah. It's I, always cloudy and raining. And it I'm was like, always bad weather at the games. It's always bad weather. Those live games, I can't think of a single game I watched. And it made me yeah. think, God, is Italy just miserable? It looks more miserable than here. It's like, it so would rain weird. so much that, like, the colours would be, like, desaturated. It would look washed out all the time. Because yes. it would be so grey. And the stadiums would be grey. Like even the, and then the moment he got in a piazza or he was interviewing David Platt, it was fucking boiler. <laughs> He's sitting there having an ice cream yeah. blazer off. He, uh, yeah, he knows come Sunday it'll be in the pissing rain at uh, the uh, Olympic Stadium. <laughs> but I don't think like that's... I've never thought that since. But I, I definitely grew up thinking it is always raining in Italy. It is always overcast. And the pitches were dog shit oh, as well so because of this. It's waterlogged. Yeah. And I don't think the floodlights were any good because it wasn't like really well lit. You even see it. We'll talk about this Elvis Costello clip in, in, in a bit. But you look behind their shoulders and it's grey and wet in that. Yeah, it's such a good observation. I think you kind of, you do picture grounds in a certain way because of like, mainly because of when they're broadcast and stuff. So if someone said to me, picture Old Trafford, I'd picture them on it like on a nighttime game because a lot of the stuff I saw early on was Champions League or whatever. And if you say picture the San Siro, pissing rain, Sunday <laughs> afternoon. Sunday afternoon. <laughs> Dimly lit, half empty. Yeah, to- yeah, always such bad attendances as well. I know. That, that, that was something that would bother me because it was like, even in, like, in England, the mid-90s, like you, would gen- you wouldn't see loads of empty seats, but 
it's Serie A at one point was the best league in the world, and most of the time, like there's it's it was like Wimbledon at Selhurst Park most of the time, wasn't it? <laughs> no, and you even go to like some of the smaller teams, trying to think, like maybe Brescia or someone like that. Like there would be almost be no one there. There would be the odd game on the highlights where it's like, what were people banned? Like cause there's a whole <laughs> stand there and no one in it. I'd never understood that. Have they been selling us a faulty product all this time? Syria <laughs> like, wasn't actually that good. This is, this is our new feature. Syria was shit. What I loved also about those Sunday games, where you see it in the Elvis Costello clip that we'll come to, is all the games at the same time as well. Were they televised in Italy? Was that one of the... You know how we've got the 3pm rule on a Saturday? We've still got it, that you can't televise a football match then. Was that going on? I don't know what the... I just want to call your attention to something. So uh, James Richardson and Elvis Costello together, and as he wraps up this the, the little interview, and, the, and the, I think they've just had a live game, and he says, we've got another live game tomorrow. We don't know who it'll no, be. No, no, it's next Sunday. It's next Sunday. Oh, next Sunday. Yeah. So, but, but, uh, so he's referring to the live game next week, and he doesn't yeah. know who that live game is. How, how does that work? Well, we have that with the guests every week on Last Leg. Yeah, but... Honestly, <laughs> mate, TV is pulled together. It's a fucking shambles. I just don't understand. Like they, so they televise in the mall and they just... Do you think they can just pick? I think I, I get the feeling, I'd love to know, is Richardson and the Channel 4, have they got carte blanche to just turn up at whatever the game they want on a Sunday? Here's a wide-ranging aspersion I'm about to cast on the whole of football outside of England. But on the odd occasion I've gone to... Like, I went to a Barcelona game a few years ago and they changed the kickoff time the day before. Did they? And I was like, yeah. I was like... What? <laughs> that, that, I think that just happens. I think that happens on the continent. Someone will de- like hopefully back me up. Are you sure, me. you didn't get the time difference. No, right? they just changed no. the time. They changed that's, the time that, of the kickoff. That seems. Mad. I mean, I've seen a few games on the continent, and that's never happened. It didn't happen to me at Barcelona, but I'm not saying it doesn't. But that seems crazy. Surely yeah, they changed the t- they changed the time of the kickoff like the day before, and apparently this happens. Someone told me that yeah, this is just yeah. This is like what happens in Spain. They will just, they'll just, they can mess. They with would the tell you that though, because they want you to be happy to think that the Premier League's the best product <laughs> in the world. So to cheer you up, because they're forcing you to go to a Barcelona game, they go, but "Don't worry, on the continent is shit. They can't even get the kickoff times right." Um, I loved watching the transfer rumours. Um, I think part of the reason that was so thrilling watching those transfer rumours is now you get because of the internet. There's always there's that transfer rumours thing on the BBC. They do it on the Guardian, uh, Sky Sports News make a thing of it. Then you couldn't watch anyone talk about transfer tittle tattle at all. This was the only place apart from CFAX where you'd get all that bullshit transfer tittle tattle on TV. Do you know yeah. what I mean? So it felt like. You know, you were getting the live action on the Sunday, but this felt like something you didn't get with the Premier League at all because all the match of the day was very kind of serious and just analysis and stuff. So I think that was the best. But this, what I love about this, you've picked a really great transfer rumours. George Weyer has signed. Javier Zanetti has signed. And he kind of talks about him like he's never heard of him. <laughs> and he becomes one of the legends of Serie A. But anyway, in the meantime, it's on to Inter. And while they're waiting to hear about Roberto Baggio and whether he'll be staying at Juve or not, they've been busy scoring the markets of the world from Birmingham to Buenos Aires in search of defensive talent. This week, the papers say they've signed the Argentine right-back Javier Zanetti, angel face as he's known, just 21 years old and already a mainstay in the Argentine national team, apparently. As for the left-back position, well, the rumours here are currently that the club are going for none other than Aston Villa's Irish international Steve Staunton. We'll obviously bring you up to date on any future developments on that as they happen. 
The other one in the newspaper one is uh, there's a rumour that Steve Staunton is going to sign for Inter Milan. <laughs> well, one of the things that struck me about that this whole uh, uh, Gazetta della Sport section when he's going through the transfer rumours is how simple it is as a broadcasting and format idea but it's so compelling. Yeah. Like, I was absolutely gripped, and I couldn't tell whether that's because we're so used to a different type of football kind of or sports coverage now, or, and I, and I strongly believe this, and it's probably a big part of it, James Richardson is such a fucking brilliant broadcaster. Like, he's so good. Some of those links to camera, and I don't think yeah. he's reading from autocue. I can't, it doesn't feel like he is. It's like something from the West Wing. He just is riffing for, like, minutes at a time, and it feels so seamless yeah. and yeah. so knowledgeable and so sort of, like, real. He's always, if you know, part of the location and part of being in those piazzas. It feels like he is entrenched in Italian football. Like, he's there as sort of, like, part of the DNA of it. And we talked about it a bit yeah. in his interview where it's like it wasn't just about football it was almost like a kind of like culture and travel piece about italy and i think a lot of my relationship yeah. with italy and the sort of yeah, like totally. how romantic it is far more like rome is far more romantic to me than somewhere like paris is because of this tv totally. show because of james richardson yeah it, totally agree and the only time in that first clip when he doesn't come across as knowledgeable is when he refers to Edgar Davids, which <laughs> I absolutely love. He's clearly never heard of in his fucking life. <laughs> um, like, the thing about this show is, like... I think as James Richardson told us, it's like it's slung together, isn't it? Like it's just him with a camera just, like, trying to put together a TV programme. But you're so right about that. This little set piece he has in the piazza with the paper talking about the rumours. Because, I mean, he has to be a bit of the show where he's talking about what is everyone talking about in Italy. And to be in the piazza in the middle of it all happening, with the hubbub of Italy all around him, and he's just there having a coffee. It's so cheap to produce, but it comes across so classy. And it just allows yeah. him to shine as a broadcaster. It's, it's genius, really. Uh, it's, it's so simple, yeah. it's brilliant. It's, it's mad that they covered Italian football for a decade without having a studio. Yeah. <laughs> like... <laughs> That's incredible, because whenever they turn... We, we, I mean, we keep saying about the Elvis Costello clip. What the Elvis Costello clip shows, and we'll put screen grabs on the uh, our Instagram of all these clips, what the Elvis Costello clip shows is that they are always given a fucking terribly tiny bit of place on a scaffold basically yeah. that's where that's where richardson always is just crammed on a scaffold with paul elliott basically <laughs> they never ever look comfortable because of course they don't because channel four aren't getting first dibs are they on their places the elvis costello clip is basically it's james richardson doing the half times with elvis costello we'll come to what makes it great but what he talks to Elvis about his weekend. He's been to see Juventus on the Saturday and then he's at Genoa Sampdoria on the Sunday. And it's like, I couldn't work out. Have Channel 4 put on a kind of, like an all expenses paid weekend for Elvis Costello to go out and enjoy Italian football? Because <laughs> it feels like, like Elvis is just having a kind of experiential weekend, doesn't it? <laughs> like a red letter day from his wife. To yeah. go Italian football. No, well, I, he James Richardson touches on it a bit in the interview we did. He genuinely was a massive fan of Italian Ooh. football, so he would go off his own back. And I think you know, it's the fact that there was an Englishman or an English crew there. And if you approach him, he's like, "Oh yeah, actually, I'll go on this, even even if yeah. I'm not aware of you. You speak English. I'm happy to talk to you about my love of football." I'm sure if he's a fan of Italian football, he must have been aware of them. Yeah. 
But also, like, I think that thing that benefits them is, especially with the sort of expat players, is there's a lot of downtime as a footballer, even in your own country, with your own family and friends. So if you've gone abroad and you have no kind of real support network of family and friends, if James Richardson rings up and goes, what are you doing today? Do you want to go to the zoo and film some VTs? They're going to yeah. be all over it. So the access yeah. they get to then, you know, the biggest players in the world it blows yeah. my mind and even more so when you find out like how little resources they had and there's that kind of you know necessity as a mother of invention and actually i think this show is better for the lack of budget and lack of resources because so much of the stuff they do and there's an argument that some of it doesn't work in hindsight you're like fucking hell this is this is ropey but at the time you'd never get that through if you had more money or you had you know a commissioner all of these things and these hoops you have to jump through because someone would have gone that's a terrible idea they're probably going yeah. We've got Baggio, we've got David Platt for one hour. What can we do? I know. Let's go to his house and make some pasta. Yeah. Well, it's it feels like the best of Channel 4 in the 90s. That yeah. attitude, TFI Friday or Games Master, is coming through. That kind of feeling of Riley kind of looking at the camera with a kind of a wink throughout the whole thing yeah. and also the whole thing feeling like it could fall apart any time yeah. yeah. and there's big no bre- other sports coverage I've ever seen yeah Big Breakfast it's unique compared to any other sports coverage I've ever seen yeah, yeah. Do, do you think they could make something like this today and if they did would you, would you watch it or has everything evolved way past it I think football takes itself too seriously now you could maybe do it about a different sport. Like, you could maybe do it about, like, if you had the rights to an American sport, maybe. Like, you're not getting the access, obviously. But you could maybe... Like, that. Um, the coverage of the American football with that guy... Um, can't remember the name of the pundit, but he's quite kind of a big character. I think when it's a sport that's abroad, so you know that people aren't as emotionally attached to it, you couldn't do it with the Premier League because West Ham fans would get angry if you were taking the piss out of them. Do you know what I mean? Whereas there's something about Italian football that is divorced from the people that are watching it. You're almost watching it like you're observing this soap opera that's happening abroad, but you're watching it from afar so you can be more kind of wry about the whole thing. So I think you could get away with it if you showed foreign sport, but I don't think you could do it with football because everyone now takes it far too seriously and it takes itself far too seriously and you'd lose access straight away Mm. if you were taking the piss yeah another day is here and you're ready for it what to wear check breakfast lunch and dinner check planning for what's next and how to save for it that's where bank of america can help for your financial to-dos bank of america has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals get started at one of our local financial centers or 24 7 in our mobile banking app Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. I don't think I'd watch it if it was about any of the big European leagues, but I'd be interested in a sort of like major league soccer or something like that, where yeah. culturally the relationship to the game is different for the fans and a lot of the players. So it felt like a window into that country and that nation. Yeah, exactly. But, you know, as much as I love to watch European football, I wouldn't watch a version of this show if it was about the Bundesliga or La Liga, even if they had access and even if they got, you know, Kieran Trippier to do a skit in his kitchen <laughs> or... You know, Lionel Messi you to watch go it if to they the got zoo. a sketch with Kieran Trippier in it. Well, I, well, I would, but I just don't know whether it would come <laughs> across 
the no, same. I don't think it. Do, do you know what? Have I told? You, I haven't told you this. This is what I've done this year. Similar to how like Football Italia used to give me an exposure to a completely different kind of football culture and a football league. Mm. I kind of like I, this season. I was like, I missed that from my life. So what I've done is I've just picked Hertha Berlin because uh, they, they, they were throwing some money around and I followed them on all their social media channels and I've got all their notif- all notifications set up on my phone to tell me whenever they're kicking off in their games. And I just thought, I'm going to kind of passively follow Hertha Berlin this season. Yeah. And actually, it's quite a lot, well, it's it's just, quite a lot of fun. Did you put the alerts on because you wanted to see if their kick-off time's changed? Is that why? <laughs> <laughs> you didn't trust that the, the, the kick-off no, time you'd read was... Yeah. Oh, oh, you promised 2pm. Here we are, 3pm. But it's uh, that's the thing about, about football Italia as well. It was like it was a bit like uh, wish you were here, wasn't it? It's wish you were here combined with football. It's like a little window into a completely yeah, different totally. football world, and that's what I think. That's a little bit of fun I'm having with myself. And I think that's the problem why you couldn't do it today because of football is globalized. It doesn't. It feels too interconnected. You Everyone, you'll go out in the street and you'll see you'll see so many kids around East London in Barcelona shirts, and it just. It's everyone's played everywhere. Everyone knows who Kylian Mbappe is. You you don't get a situation now where there's a rumor about Edgar Davids. Do you know what I mean? Because everyone knows who Edgar Davids is. Yeah. Like it's it. Football Italia wasn't a million miles from watching a World Cup and not really knowing who Haristo Stoichkov is until he scored a load of goals in USA '94. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, that's why I think I'd be interested if it was like. Canada like Canada are about to qualify for the World Cup for the first time in three decades and there's sort of a whole crop of young Canadian players coming through because you know North America have been investing heavily in the grassroots and they've got mm. you know the, the volume of sports people there and if they can get them away from hockey and the NBA and the NFL there's you know genuinely a chance that those teams will dominate in 10 20 30 years but I know nothing about that sport at their level at sort of college level and then amateur and lower league level so I, I would genuinely watch it because I'd feel like oh you know there's this guy Freddie Adu who's coming through and you could talk about yeah. it if he, every every single person knows who's good I've in the Barcelona news about to... Freddie Adu well he's still playing on my chat man game so I don't want to <laughs> But like you're, you're right, you yeah. Know, the 17 year old coming through Barcelona, it's like everyone knows who he is because everyone bought yeah. him two years ago on Championship Manager or Football Manager, played it through. It's in every newspaper, it's on every forum. But an insight into a different part of the football world, I would 100% watch that. It just feels like European football's probably played out in that sense. Yeah. Do you think? Uh, did you have a team in Syria? Yeah, well, I was I was a Juventus fan, unfortunately. Of course most... you were. Juventus and Man United. Well, I like their kit. That was the main yeah. thing. What about you, Skull? It's Sampdoria for Platy. I don't know why. Like, I don't know. I never really got into Lazio, but I, I, I like something about Sampdoria. I think it was because the badge looks like Popeye smoking a. <laughs> what do you call it? Pipe. Pipe. <laughs> do you not think? In my mind, actually, I need to check that Sampdoria badge. Does it look like Popeye? I can't remember. I mean, I did, like everyone, I sort of fell in love with that late 90s Parma team. Yeah, that was the team I loved. Yeah, God, it is an amazing badge. Is that is that someone smoking a pipe? It is someone smoking a pipe, isn't it, with a hat on? Yeah, it depicts a sailor smoking a pipe. Yeah, it does. Uh, it's because Genoa is a big, big port city. Uh... uh I was a huge, huge Palmer fan, and that was because they got to the final of one of those things, UEFA Cup or Cup Winners' Cup, in London. And um, I just remember James Richardson doing a piece with them where they went to, like, HMV or Alprice or whatever. And um, 
I just re- they just seemed like a good bunch of lads. <laughs> and you know how like when you're young, you just make a snap decision based on that. Yeah. And so I just I loved Palmer. I loved Palmer so much. I really wanted them to win the league, and they didn't. And it, they were such. Palmer is one of the great '90s football teams. One of the top five teams you could talk about for 90s football they're so great so exciting so many exciting teams i love that the the big seven were called the seven sisters which was the two milans the two romes juventus palma and fiorentina and every one of those teams was so exciting fiorentina had a purple kit this purple kit sponsored by seven up with batistuta up front there was edmundo it's just so much of it is so exciting i loved it yeah I absolutely loved Italian football in the 90s. Yeah. It was the best league. It was, I begrudgingly admit, the best league. It's not, it doesn't matter what the best league is, Chris. <laughs> it's not a competition. <laughs> You're not Richard Keyes. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. That was a little excerpt from the Gazetta Football Italia episode. If you want to get that whole thing, Plus, you can get the new series of Quickly Kevin a week early, extended and ad-free. You can sign up at anotherslice.com forward slash Quickly Kevin. The new series of Quickly Kevin drops for fan club members next week, but on the 9th of October, it'll be on the main feed for everybody else with Gary Lineker. Well, we're not far off now. We'll see you very soon. Until then, Robbie Slater. See you later. See you later. 